0: Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy, and welcome back to Recovery Guy Podcast. Of course, this is Tuesday, or at least Tuesday's podcast. When you listen to it's it entirely um, uh, your choice. Uh, and I've said it before. Uh, I, I quote the great sales trainer, Tom Hopkins, and Tom would always teach that repetition is the mother of learning. Repetition is the mother of learning re-listening, re-applying, re-adapting, re-understanding, dissecting, all those things. Matter of fact, um, the other day, I hadn't listened to it in about four to six months, but I listened to um, uh, Father Martin's Chalk Talk, the most incredible talk on recovery and alcoholism specifically I've ever heard. It touches so many of my buttons. Uh, You can always Google it, Father Martin Chalk Talk. Anyway, I listen to it twice, one after another, because there's so much content in there. And I know it would be a a couple more months before I'd get back around to it. I try to listen to it about three or four times a year uh, because it is that deep. And there's so much in there that I can learn and be reminded of as I work in my own recovery, as well as in the life of other people. Uh, but repetition is the mother of learning. And that's what these steps do. Today, in our journey of the steps, we are on step seven. It it wasn't that long ago that I did the podcast called Steps for Life. And then my daughter, Carol, maybe my biggest podcast fan, um, said, hey, Pops, why don't you do all the steps? So here we are on step seven. And I'm so excited to begin this, because I love the steps. Uh, I, I love the opportunity to coach, whether it's just a life coach teaching people how to become a better person at large, or relationship coaching, or obviously sober coaching, or how to become a good application, you know, all the different things that we need to do. I really enjoy doing it. And to each and every one of those things, there are steps involved. Matter of fact, let me ask you a question. Can, from a practical standpoint, can you get anywhere worth going without taking steps? And you may say, well, I drive my vehicle, right? But you take steps to your vehicle. And essentially, you know, to really break it down, you're taking steps with your vehicle because you are relocating you are moving your position from one position to another position and essentially to your final destination and then maybe even return so everything we do in life to get anywhere tangibly metaphorically spiritually uh, practically we are taking steps to get there and this is what is so important about taking the steps and what what do we do we take one step at a time and we take them in order. You know, if it's going to take me 10 steps to get from point A to point B, I can't go from step one to step eight. Well, some people can if they're they're good jumpers, but you know what I mean. We, We need to take one step at a time, one foot in front of the other to reach our achieved goal. And with recovery, regardless of what you're recovering from, the goal is to recover from that seemingly hopeless state of mind and body that had me trapped in that addiction and or behavior, right? Not all behaviors lead to substance abuse, but most substance abuse lead to other negative behaviors because we're trying to take everything in to just to have a sense of balance within all of the imbalance we create. That's why so many of us along the way become polyaddicted, to different behaviors, I was a compulsive overeater. I was a compulsive gambler, uh, addicted to pornography, along with drugs and alcohol, and I threw up five times a day. So we we kind of grabbed these things along the way, right? Not everyone is as sick as me. Some people were actually more sick than me coming in. Uh, I am glad that I found out what my problem was. That way, I knew there was a solution to it. Step 7 is so important. Let me read this first to you from the 12 and 12 on page 70. Oh, and by the way, I love the 12 and 12. 12 steps and 12 traditions, regardless of what program you're in, this 12 and 12 really breaks things down. If you can't afford a 12 and 12, would you reach out to me and let me know? I I I have enough resources to send you one, you know, just message me, I'll need your address, first and first name, last initial, whatever you're comfortable with giving, and I'll just drop ship it to you through my website and through Amazon, and then that way we can make sure you get one, don't have to give me an explanation, just say, hey Rob, you know, I can't afford this, or don't even tell me that, just say, would you please send me one, and I'll and I'll send it to you, no questions asked, I really want you to have this. So here's what it says. It says, indeed, the attainment of greater humility is the foundation principle of each of AA's 12 steps. For without some degree of humility, no alcoholic, or cross that word out and put whatever behavior, whatever you're looking to overcome, no person, right, can stay sober or sane at all. Nearly all AAs have found too that unless they develop much more of this precious quality than may be required just for sobriety, they still haven't much chance of becoming truly happy. So not only, thank you for indulging me there, so not only is humility foundational to our recovery in terms of sobriety, not drinking, using, or engaging in negative behavior, uh, but it is also uh, necessary for true happiness. You can believe that if you want to, but I have found, and, and we'll talk about humility today because step seven, subtitled, humility is the key. And again, with every step, we had to establish a degree of humility in step one. I had to admit I was powerless over alcohol in my life it had become unmanageable. True humility, finally admitting, came to believe that a power greater than myself, I had to begin thinking about humbling myself that there was something greater than me. that's humility. Step three, I then had to turn my will in my life. a step of humility. Step four, right became started writing this inventory, right? A fearless moral inventory. very humbling. Step five, I had to go before God, another person, and admit my wrongs, right? And step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove these defects of character. Again, humility. Step seven is no different. Humility is the key. Humbly asked him. It's baked into the cake. It's baked into the title. It's baked into the step. Humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. It's really interesting because as I was telling my friend Alan, and and I have probably shared it with you, in step six, we talk about a defective character. And and I may have said it in tongue in cheek before when I was covering step six last week, but step six is a defective character. And it was told to me, and I really like it, step six and step seven. Step six is the defective character is I have a flat tire. That's a defect. Step seven is I don't have a spare, right? So I have nothing to counteract with it. One of the things that I've taught, and this works perfectly with these two steps, you can almost work them together similar to eight and nine because they they exist for each other. So in what what I call the... The exchange theory of recovery. So we don't just give up one thing because that creates a vacuum, a void. We we um, we replace it with something else. So we 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 like like light is to dark. We are pushing out. We're pushing out evil with goodness. We're pushing out pride with humility. Right. We're we're, we're pushing out. Um, being mean with kindness, with gentleness, right? Replacing cruelty. So, the same thing here. As I am humbly asking God to remove these defective characters, right after that comes removing the shortcomings. Well, removing the shortcomings means. I'm filling the void. Now I begin to have the things necessary. I found out where I was defective and I found out where I had shortcomings that once I overcome those can fill in the gap. Because if I don't, if I don't do this, then then other negative behavior is going to fill the void and the vacuum. Does that make sense to you? So as in all the previous steps, This step covers a very specific area of need. And once again, step seven relies on step six, as do all the steps rely on the previous one. The only time in my mind that that is not true is when we go from step nine to step 10. Step nine are the steps that we take Um, to get sober. So, one of the things that Father Martin says, and I love this steps one, two, and three get us sober, and then the rest of the steps keep us sober. So, let me break that down even a little bit more. Steps one through three get us sober or on that road to recovery. Steps four through nine. Firmly plant us into that road of recovery. It takes care of the wreckage of my past. It it takes care of the internal relationship between God and me, and defects of character and shortcomings. And then and then I reconcile. Right. Uh, last week's uh, Thursday's uh, blog was called "Baked in the Cake," right? And it was on reconciliation. And reconciliation is baked into the cake of recovery. And that's so much of what occurs in eight and nine in the other steps we're reconciling to ourself and to god and then once we accomplish that then we can begin reconciling ourselves to others as in eight we made a list of all persons we had harmed um, and became willing to make direct amends to them all of course step nine made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to when to do so would injure them or others so we get to those and then steps 10 11 and 12 are the maintenance steps. Steps 10, 11, and 12. Step 10 essentially encompasses the first nine steps. Step 11 is an accelerated and advanced relationship with God, getting back all that power and direction. And then step 12, of course, is carrying the message. So everything touches each other. Just like each rung on a ladder, they're all connected by the side members, by the frame of the ladder. And this is no different here. So humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings, right? What does that mean? What is humility? Humility is a fascinating word, and I think you're really going to like it a lot. And this will all be in the notes, by the way. Humility is the quality, and this is all from dictionary.com. I'd like to be this smart. However, I'm not. The quality or condition of being humble. Now, you might say, well, it's it's using the word humble, which is part of humility as to define it. But I like that it says the quality, which is elevated, right? The ability or the condition where I'm at right now. So humility is a state of being. I love that of being humble. Remember, um, A number of months ago, if you've listened to me very much, I talked about uh, being a human being. We're not a human doing. We spend so much time doing. We're so tired, we forget that the most important aspect of who we are is to be, right? Even Shakespeare, to be or not to be, that is the question to be right where I'm at right now. So in this position, I am being humble. I have a condition of humility. It is a modest opinion or a state of one's own importance or a rank. It's a modest opinion. I have incredible recovery. I do. I have outstanding recovery. Now some might say that that's pride, that that's arrogance. And my friends uh, uh, Steve and season um, they they have a little um, uh, word for me in terms of my of my of my arrogance. They call me charmingly arrogant, which is really nice. I know that they love me and they mean it in the nicest way. But it may be perceived as arrogant to you, but wouldn't you expect that? I've been at this for over over thirty-four years of personal recovery and 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 I would think that you would think that that I would be that. You know, I've got twelve thousand, I think it's twelve thousand seven hundred and eleven days, something like that. Probably exactly that. 12,711 days. I would expect you to expect me, especially I go by the moniker of recovery guy. I've been doing this a long, long time. Uh, You know, I I have a degree in alcohol and drug studies. I've worked in various modalities of treatment, DUI counselor, everything like that, Volunteer into the prisons, all those types of things. I do these blogs. I do these podcasts. I would expect you to expect me to have a sense of confidence in my sobriety, but I am very humble because I know that if left to my own devices, I would be a train wreck. Trust me when I tell you, I can be as selfish and self-centered as anyone you have ever met. I can, I can, you know, um, pitch a fit. I can. I can want what I want when I want it. I can bang my adult spoon on the table and say, why me, right? So that is my potential, but it's God. You know, in all, almost all 12-step programs, there is some belief, or even most other programs outside of 12-step, there is some belief in a power that's not you, right? There's many programs out there that is about you, and, and that's fine. I, I don't have an issue with that that's not for me it may be for you though but but i know that i need something greater than me something outside of me something that has the ability to create conform and, and 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 reinvent right and that is for me god is i understand god and in the big book of alcoholics anonymous it says there is one who has all power that one is god may you find him now we We stood at the turning point. We asked his care and protection with complete abandon. So I understand that my recovery, even when I talk about the 12 steps, my recovery is because of God. There will come a time when we have no mental defense against that first drink. That defense must come from a power greater than yourself. That's what I believe. If you believe it, that's fantastic. You'll probably continue listening. So as much as I tell you, I have an incredible recovery program and I work a great program. It's not because of me. I am humbled before God. And I want my opinion of me to be modest while I'm demonstrating a degree of confidence in the personal recovery and sobriety that I'm given. I don't, you know, it's like rule 62. Don't take yourself too darn seriously, right? I take what I do seriously. I take my recovery seriously, but I've never found any more anyone more fun to laugh at than me. So that is humility, the quality or condition of being humble, having a modest opinion or estimate of my own importance or where I rank in this thing called life. The next thing is him, humbly asked him, right? Him is used as a direct or indirect object. And I love that because who is your higher power? Is it, is it something you can see? Is it, is it, is it a direct object? Is it something tangible? Is it something that you can feel, that you can see, that you can smell? Or in, in in my version, God is a spirit and I must worship him in spirit and truth. So he's an indirect object, but it's still him that's really important there because I'm humbly asking him, someone outside of me, because if I was able to do this, and this is where for me, a higher power, something outside of me works because if I could have done this without losing the wife, without losing the kids, without losing the respect of family members and loved ones, if I could have made my journey easier based on who I was, I would have done it a long time ago. Why would I suffer that way? Needlessly suffer. If I had the power, if I had the ability, right? Now now that I have this God that I understand and who works uh, you know, on my behalf for his glory, now I have a say so in things, right? I now I find myself easily able to control my desire for alcohol, you know, and, and, and everything else. But it is, it is, it is using humility to direct my energy toward him, whether it's an indirect or direct object. The next thing is to remove, right? i love to be removed. You know, I want things to be gone. And and I love what my sponsor Slow Will says. He says, if we clear away the wreckage of our present, it won't become the wreckage of our past. It says, uh, clear away the wreckage of your past, give freely of what you find and join us. So Every day, one of the reasons I do the 10th step, and we'll get very deep into that when I go into, when I go into that step, I am removing things that may affect my overall sobriety. And to remove means to, to go away, to depart. I love this next one, to disappear, right? It talks about my drinking, the desire to drink, vanishing. You know, sometimes people on Instagram and other social media reach out to me and they say, Robert, will this ever get better? Will this feeling ever go away? And I say, well, yeah, you know, if you do the things you're supposed to do, you know, hey, I got clean and sober in Las Vegas. I was a food server serving alcohol after I was employable again. I became a restaurant manager around alcohol all the time. Now, not everyone can do that, right? And not everyone should. But my point is, if my desire to drink had not vanished, if it wasn't removed, if it did not disappear, if furthermore, if it didn't, it wasn't taken away, if it did not depart from me, I would have been relapsed a long time ago. But I humbly asked him, to remove my shortcomings. And the, and the shortcoming was thinking that I needed something else to make the inside of me feel good. It departed from me. It disappeared. It was removed from me. Don't you want to have that? Doesn't it make this step even more inviting that you know when you do this step. Now, again, a lot of these things are over time. Allow the steps to work for you. It's not in a vacuum. Again, we, we didn't get sick or addicted overnight and we're not gonna get well overnight, though we can get well, right? Even Father Martin and Tom Bennett both say we can't even become weller than the well because we're working on things that the average person never thinks about. If you think the average person thinks about doing steps, refining their life, talking to somebody else, confessing, you know, making a list of persons they have harmed, taking their own personal inventory every day, trying to correct all the things that they did wrong so they're a better version. I mean, if you think the average person does everything that we need to do to even get sober, let alone stay sober, you're kidding yourself because most people don't do this. Most people don't have to do this. We have to, and consequently, we are elevated beyond anywhere we would have been if it weren't for this program. Now, does that mean that everything ever did to get here was fine and wonderful and there's nothing hurt along the way? No, it doesn't mean that at all. What it means is, number one, we don't have to die. And number two, we can live a life exceeding beyond our wildest expectations or desires. Finally, a shortcoming. A shortcoming is simply a failure. It's a failure. It's something that I'm not capable of doing, something that I like. It is a defect, is one of the definitions. Something defective about me, like a short circuit. The wire's there, the connection's there, it's just not firing the way it ought to. It is a deficiency in conduct. I like that. I'm lacking something in how I behave or how I conduct myself or promote myself or live out my life. It is a condition. It is a, a thought. It is a, it is a lack of ability. It is all of those things simultaneously because when we look at the ability, the thought, the condition, and the conduct, we can look at, you know, failure is, is often emotional or even spiritual. We can look at the four domains, the emotional, the mental, the spiritual, and the physical and make a connection in shortcomings with all of them. Because trust me when I tell you, this is where I really need to look at those dimensions or domains, whatever you want to call them. Because I have shortcomings in all of them. In my physical, in my emotional, in my mental, and in my spiritual. I need to identify what they are and then humbly ask him to remove them from me in each of those areas. And I find if you really are willing to drill down to this, and again, you don't have to do this right away. Work on one area at a time. Work on the area that's causing you the most problem. Right. If you were morbidly obese like I became in my recovery, by the way, um, it's been 11 years um, and I've still kept off 160 pounds. Thank God. But I got obese along the way. I, it's crazy how that happened. I didn't drink, I didn't use, but I went back to my compulsive eating ways um, and and I became obese. And thank God I didn't die along the way, because here I am, 233 pounds living large, living the life, so grateful. That was not a me thing. That was a God thing. Trust me when I tell you that. So we have these deficiencies and we can go and we can say, okay, where, what area am I most affected in? Where are my shortcomings? And this is where you might want to work with a, a sponsor or a confidant. But where are my shortcomings in the mental, the emotional, the physical, and the spiritual? Which one are really giving me an issue? And let's address those first. I really believe that we must use our increased humility as a stepping stone to further enrich our recovery and I believe that step 7 does just that. So again humility the quality or condition of being humble modest opinion you can be feel good about what you're doing just know that it's probably not you. Left to our own devices, we sort of self-destruct. Focusing on him as a direct or indirect object. Looking forward to things being removed, to depart, to disappear, to be taken away. And what are those things we want? To disappear, depart, or take away? There are failure, our defects, our deficiency in conduct, condition, thought, and ability. And again, these things are used to increase our level of humility along the way. And together we can do this. I know we can. You know, I spent um, last week uh, with a dear friend, Scott Shields, 37 years uh, clean and sober. And Scotty was there when I got there back in 1986. What a dear friend, still doing it, still going to meetings, still involved in service, still working the steps. And he said, Robert, it's almost like I'm starting all over, even though I'm not, because I realized there's deeper to go. There's more for me to learn. And boy, he's he's doing it with working with others and really working on himself. And I'm so proud of him that he has such a great influence in my sobriety, because guess what I'm going to do now? You know, if Scotty's doing that 37 years, you know, and I and I don't have that time yet, How much of an encouragement is it for me to accelerate my recovery as well? And I hope you listen so you can accelerate your recovery also. Hey, thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed step seven. I know I did. Go to recoveryguy.org. Go to recovery underscore um, guy in Instagram. Go to The Recovery Guy on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter. Read my blogs. Download my podcast. Share. Subscribe. Do whatever you can do to continue to listen to this content. Go to your favorite podcast channel. You can find a list on my website. If I'm not there, let me know what your channel is. And I will ask John to include it where possible for your convenience. If you want to donate to this mission, to this recovery, go to patreon.com forward slash recoveryguy, or you can find it through my my link at uh, uh, recoveryguy.org. If you want to give a one-time donation, go to Venmo at robert-pardon-3, and you can give a one-time love offering. Whatever you do, Let's stay in this road to recovery together. We can do this. We are doing it. I want to be everything I can be to you so you can be everything you can be to others. We didn't get sick overnight and we didn't even get sick together, but we will get well together. And as always, my name is Robert and I am the recovery guy.